Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Wright, and I'm joined by Anthony Wright. Anthony, how you doing? Back Do- from Florida. Back from Florida. Week. I know you all saw my tan yesterday when I was walking around church. Yeah, we're um, not pale people at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, over here. Doing great. Just drinking some of the world's finest Liberty coffee. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Some church coffee yep. at its best. Uh, and we're joined today in this journey of stories that's that's connecting to our broader initiative this month as we're learning about the Beatitudes and how to be people of justice and mercy, change by the word of God to, to do what he asks us to do in the world. Uh, we're joined uh, to get an update from the Dumb family. So we're joined today by the Dumbs. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Doing good. That's it. That's it. That's, Doing good. We're excited. Yeah. Have you guys had a fun last week with a full household playing in the snow? Um. No. Yes. Maybe. I've had fun. Okay. The girls are unsure. Sometimes they love it. Sometimes they don't don't love it. Mm. Okay. Depends how cold they are. <laughs> They've had some forced fun. Yeah. <laughs> But I've had fun. Love some force fun. Yeah. Cool. Still with sledding alone, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out there in Perry County, just sledding <laughs> on his own. All right. Big smile on my face. Hey, hey. We'll take it. We'll take it. Some some force fun is always needed uh, with your girls. I will say to the, the world out there, most of you know, I serve as family ministry directors. And I get roasted more by the dumb girls than any of the other girls out there. But I love it because they're so funny. So I love you guys and I appreciate your kids. Um, But yeah, let's kind of jump in a little bit. You guys were on the podcast this time last year. um, And a lot of things have happened since then. And even a lot of things happened like that next week, basically. You were on the podcast and I think you got your first placement like almost immediately. so what has changed for the Dunn family in the last year as you've gone on this journey of becoming a safe family? Well, um, we started getting placements. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been fun to actually, last year when we were here, everything we said was very theoretical and what we had heard from like the safe families group. And so to actually be part of it and to start take, hosting um, kids in our home has been um, just a, a great experience for us and pretty wild, honestly, like when, once you get your hands dirty. So, yeah. Can we back up for one second too, sure. and explain what a safe family is? Oh yeah, that's helpful. For anyone who's maybe joined our church in the last year, who still is unclear of what a safe family is and how it's different than a foster family. Sure. Well, um, I kind of would pitch it as like pre foster care. Um, so these kids, um, their parents are going through things where uh, their parents need a place for their uh, kids to stay. And um, um, they just get hooked up with safe families. Safe families um, connect them to families that will host them. And then uh, they don't have to go in, into foster care um, at this time. The goal is to reunite the kids with their uh, parents and their families. Um, so trying to facilitate that before other entities have to step in. Yeah. For for families who are sort of vulnerable and don't have resources, yeah. 
they don't have other family supports or friends to support while they're going through a tough time of homelessness or um, maybe a rehabilitation or a health crisis, we can step in and say, hey, your kid can stay with us. They'll be safe. They'll be fed. They'll be clothed. They'll yep. go to school. And you just worry about taking care of yourself. And then um, that hopefully the goal is that the kid then can go back home again. And another huge part of it is trying to develop a relationship with the parent yep. and um, stay in contact with them and try and um, to continue to be a resource even after maybe the placement has ended. Yeah. 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 And if anyone is newer to Liberty this go around, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episode in our podcast feed of the the Dumbs on, on last year, because you guys went into some pretty mm-hmm. great detail about what the screening process looks like mm-hmm. and all of those different things. And, and maybe we shouldn't repeat a lot of that today. Um, but if you go back and listen to a lot of the theoretical stuff, I think is what you said, Deb. Um, that would be really helpful for them to like get a frame of reference of, of what Safe Families is and, and what it would look like to go through that process themselves. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the getting placements, but how many placements have you had in the, the last year since you've been on the podcast? We've had three placements um, and then we've had a few others that we agreed to host and then didn't end up needing to be a host for, which was actually exciting because yeah. it meant the parents got their um their situations taken care of, which is great. So yeah. Um, our first placement was a three and a five-year-old um, brother and sister. Um, that was for a few weeks. And then we had a baby a few months ago um, for two weeks and he's actually back with us again right now. So back. he's back. He's bigger. He is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he's sweet. Yeah. And everyone loves him. Oh, here. he's a hero. Yeah. He, he's a Liberty celebrity of sorts, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's not an autograph, is, even though it's a baby. It's really, you should have him on the podcast. Yeah. I actually took him to ballet. Okay. And there was a little girl there who said to me, is that, um, his name is Seven. And she said, is that Seven? And I said, it is. Do you know him? And she said, yes, he was at our church a few weeks ago. So wow. he must just be making the rounds. Like he's a, a famous little guy. Wow. So yeah. he's not only a Liberty celebrity, yeah. he is a celebrity amongst the, all the churches in the area. Yes. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I think along with that, I mean, obviously uh, you've had some placements that are joys, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm imagining that you and your family, uh, because you have three kiddos of your own, right? That, that are your bio kids. So what are some challenges and joys that maybe you, Stu and Deb have experienced, but maybe even just challenges and joys that have um, been a part of your family experience of be, becoming a safe family? Can do challenges or joys first? Let's start with the challenges and then we'll end on the joys. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we didn't, we sort of underestimated logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, for us personally, we don't really have a a car that fits more than three kids easily. Okay. Um, so when we had our first placement, it was two older kids, but still need to be in car seats. Mm. And I didn't realize, like, I couldn't, I just couldn't leave the house. And yeah. so that was for a few weeks. I was kind of stuck at home. And that was um, a challenge, specifically because we live kind of out far from people and things. Yeah. Um, so that was 
difficult. And I, we hadn't considered that. Um, again, it's kind of one of those things you don't know until you start doing something, yeah. what it'll be like. Um, what else do you find was challenging? So the first, first placement was kind of, um, emotionally heavy, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the kids came in with, they were dealing with stuff and had helped through that. So, um, wasn't expecting that, I guess, but yeah. Um, and they also were, the first placement was supposed to be with us for, I think two or three days. And then they were with us for, I don't remember, it was two or three weeks. Yeah. It was a couple weeks. Yeah. And, and, and it only ended because we said we weren't able to continue due to some family obligations we had. So, um, I think, and the same thing happened with our current placement. Like you don't, so you get this time frame that they give you, but mm-hmm. if things don't really work out for the parents the way that they say they're going to or think they're going to, the t- the time frame can be really um, fluid. So that was kind of tricky, not knowing, you know, how long, and the kids don't know how long either, which is hard for them. They don't have a an understanding of how long they're going to be away from mom or dad. Or, yeah. So without getting into much of specifics here, when you yeah. say like you had to help them navigate things with the three and the five-year-old, did they open up more than you maybe were expecting them to and like talk with you through stuff? Yes. Um, but it didn't always come out the way. So we weren't really trained in any sort of like trauma yeah. or, or anything like that, which um, we talked to some other people afterwards and yeah, definitely needed needed some more training in that for Mm. this particular situation but um yeah they would open up about things but it wasn't always in like a direct conversation it would be more in like a passing comment Mm. or when they're playing the way that they would act out their play Mm. um or just behaviorally oh yeah the way that they would behave or say things um you just kind of realize there was a lot more going on Mm. than what is being said on the surface. Yeah. So, but that, that was also supposedly an atypical placement. The first one. Yeah. Our first one was, um, yeah, like a more, I would say like a more, uh, they had been placed in safe families. I think we were their sixth. Wow. Sixth or seventh placement with them. Mm-hmm. So they had been in some tough spots, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And safe families warned, uh, or not warned us, but kind of gave us more context. So we, we knew mm-hmm. kind of how to um, navigate those waters. Yeah. What uh, you mentioned the kind of strain on the girls a little bit, unlike yeah. the uncertainty for them. Uh-huh. Uh, what does it look like for you guys to preserve and protect them and like help them have routines while your routines are all yeah. up in the air? What, what does that look like as parents for you guys to care for them, but also like see them caring for the kids as well. Like what, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, that was hard with the, the first placement in particular because they were the same age as our kiddos. Mm-hmm. And so having two sets of standards, like expecting our kids to be on a certain schedule, but not expecting these kids to, and like expecting mm-hmm. our kids to watch this amount of screen time, but the, you yeah. know, our, our kiddos that are being placed with us want to watch TV a lot more because that's what they're used to. Like mm-hmm. those kinds of things were tricky to navigate. But I think just continually explaining to our kids, like, this is what they're used to, and we're just going to let them do what they're used to. And you're, But that doesn't mean that you're 
you, you don't have to listen to the same rules that we always have. Mm-hmm. So um, it took a few times, you know, like trying to explain that. But we did realize after that first placement, which we didn't know going in, it's better for our family and our kids if we take placements that are younger than our youngest child. Mm-hmm. The, like not disrupting yes. your birth order. That yes. You have we, didn't, we didn't realize how, how important that would be for all all of us, I don't think until we had the first placement and then we took our second placement and we saw the the difference Mm -hmm. in the way that our kids responded, our own biological kids responded to the placements. They love seven who is, he's just about a year old. So he's younger than our youngest by a year. Hmm. And um, everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to be involved and they are happy to share with him. And so it's a, it feels much, um, much lighter for yeah, everybody, yeah, I would yeah. say, just keeping the, the order. So that's kind of a challenge that's shaped into a joy. So yes. yeah, I think oh, you've yeah. talked through some challenges. So then what are like some of the unexpected joys then that you've encountered in, in this, this journey? Um. It's always more fun to have more people in the house, like, you know, just more life. The extrovert says. <laughs> I like working through the logistics part. So. Okay, this child needs fit. Okay, I should feed that one. That's one of those two. Okay, this one's yelling about something. No, but I like it. I like um, kind of a crazy house, so mm-hmm. it feels more alive. Um, mm-hmm. So it's fun. Um, and it's... It's amazing to see um, we've had just so many people be really supportive of us, like people we really didn't even expect or know very well. And that's been so just encouraging and Mm -hmm. lovely. Um, I have like even a neighbor who I I don't really know her very well. She just stopped by with a cup of coffee because she knew that we had a placement right now. And Mm, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, And. I'd say you mentioned this, but. it's fun to watch our kids jump in and um, see what they think parenting should be like. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are the dumb girls parenting advice? That's what, that's what we all really want to yeah, know. Depends uh, on the child. So. Yeah. But as yeah, the three of them combined, they're all, they come out. All right. Yeah. They, they love. Yeah. Just to pitch in and help. And, um, like last night, Ruby wanted to rock seven to sleep and sing to him, which is just like sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, Louise is always ready to um, help him try to walk. And, you know, so it's it's fun to see the, their gifts, yeah, even at these really tiny young ages, be expressed through this very small way that we're serving. Yeah, so. Yeah, and that's that's really encouraging, and I think something as a church that so we have so many little young minds mm-hmm. that like developing our families in ways that we're incorporating our family units to serve. But like, how do we expand that beyond just our family units, even into uh, the rest of our body? Right? Like, how do we think about cultivating the gifts of the the little minds? And so it's really cool to as you guys as a family are kind of exercising in this space of uh, basically family intervention, right? Yeah. Like uh, caring for families in vulnerable situations that like, it's not just you guys doing the work mm-hmm. that like your girls are integrally wired uh, in this direction. And that's just really 
encouraging, right? And it sounds like even confirming of like how the Lord has yeah. wired you as a family. Um, like that sounds like a joy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to feast in, even when things are really hard. Is mm-hmm. that helpful or accurate? Or, you know, what would you say to that? Maybe. Yeah, I would say it's never going to be easier or less complicated to add more people. Mm-hmm. Never. But it is more, um, there is more joy in the, when things are going well and when things, I mean, even when things are hard, it doesn't mean there isn't joy there. But um, yeah. mm-hmm. when when you get to have those sweet moments, mm. it feels very confirming. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, another joy I would say would be being able to be in relationship with um, the mo- the moms, mm-hmm. um, being able to you know res- uh, communicate with them, pray with them. Um, you know, just be invited into their homes or their places and be able to be there and pray with them and um, listen to what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. has been really, I feel honored to do that and be part of that for them. Um, To hear our kids pray for the moms, you know, Mm -hmm. is like they recognize also that these are people who really need prayer and love and compassion as well. So. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a really. That's what attracted us to this or attracted us to this organization was um, kind of the ongoing care they have with the families. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's encouraging. I mean, I know at least for you, Deb, like in you know years past, like mm-hmm. dreams of being an, a missionary and like have been globe trotting and all those things, but. It's cool to hear that like you figured out a way the family to build that like missional impulse into your life of praying for and caring for uh, people that are right at our own back doors, right? That are in our communities near us that uh, we can actually invest in in that way. Uh, Share the gospel with, pray for, uh, carry burdens. Um, I'm really encouraged and challenged by that. And I hope our church is, right? I, I, I think. I hope our church is asking those questions like where where is our life overlapping in these kinds of ways that we can get ourselves and our kids involved in praying for um, the hurting and the vulnerable around us. Um, and I think your your story challenges us to think about that in yeah. a cool way. Um, I think that leads us, though, into our next question. And you briefly touched on this for a second, Deb. Um, but Deb and Stu, like, what are some ways that our church community, Liberty Church, Harrisburg, has come around you in this journey? Um, and second to that question, can we come around you more? Are there mm-hmm. other things that you need that maybe we've been missing as well that we should be aware of? Sure. Um, I'll go. <laughs> Mr. Extrovert. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, people from church have um, brought us meals and gear, just anything we kind of need, um, especially like Deb said with the first placement and two kids. We weren't logistically prepared for that necessarily, mm-hmm. so it was it was nice for everyone to jump in there and uh, provide what we needed there without us having to do much work. Yeah. I, For me personally, like I'm the one at – staying at home and um, even especially with our first placement, like not leaving the house. What really meant the most to me was just people coming and sitting mm-hmm. at my house with me, like just having an, a, an adult person to also be there and 
maybe like just get a kid a cup of water. You know, if I'm feeding somebody like they could do that or like being willing to throw a load of laundry in for me, like really simple, nothing come for like 45 minutes. And then they're, then they left. But like that meant so much to me and I felt so seen Mm -hmm. Um, to have other people come love these kids too. Not just made me feel so much less alone. Um, So that was a huge blessing. Uh, And even like people like the Rogers have uh, been willing to invite us into their home and share their wisdom with us. Um, Yeah. About dealing with kids who have experienced, um, you know, trauma or hard things. Mm. That was really such a blessing to us too. Yeah. Um, it was it was nice just for people from church to ask like if we needed anything even mm-hmm. if, even if we didn't it was mm-hmm. nice to I guess be seen in that way mm-hmm. have so. people say you know just texting us hey we're praying for you that like mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah I forgot we were hosting oh, yeah sure <laughs> no we don't need anything <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah 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 I think um. Yeah, is there any ways though that we can grow as a church in 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 uh, especially as we think through like supporting yeah. you guys as a safe family? Your placement process is a little bit different than mm-hmm. foster care. Right. They seem to happen very abruptly sometimes mm-hmm. and very quickly with very little planning. So, like, how is us supporting you different? And maybe what have we missed in supporting you then in in light of that? Especially in light of hopefully we'll have more safe families. Yeah, that's that's exciting too. Um, I think, I think meals are like, meals are never going to (laughs) be, um, not wanted, you know, like, because just like, yeah, trying to feed people and for us specifically trying to get to the grocery store. Yeah. Especially where you guys live. Yeah. Where we live and then, um, also trying to lug all the kids into the grocery store is hard. Um, so if people, if people would even be willing, like if I place a Walmart pickup, you know, bring me the order or like mm-hmm. if, you know, put a freezer meal in the fridge at church, something like that, that would, I mean, yeah. that, those are like just really practical, simple things um, that are amazing. Um, and yeah, just being willing to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the, the main two ways that not just us but anyone would feel really cared yeah. for yeah but, so yeah but, but to anthony's point i think yeah. the more people that are in it the easier it gets for kind of everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed because you see you see placements um not getting met and that's hard but mm-hmm. we can we can meet those placements for whatever reason that other people could so the more people you have in the in the i guess network the um the more uh, people can share um, mm-hmm. the load, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think to that point, the the more people that you have, like the more placements that can be taken, the more shared burden that you can have mm-hmm. for interceding for these families and kiddos that are in vulnerable mm-hmm. situations. But like on the other side of that is there's a bigger care burden and I think even a priority for us as a church. So Anthony, why don't you speak to really quickly the care community side, uh, mm-hmm. the idea for safe families, where you're at with that and what you're hoping to see uh, yeah. for that and caring as, as more families think about this process. Absolutely. So we do have uh, we have some people interested in joining the safe families care community. 
Uh, we are building one for safe families, a little bit unlike our foster families, where it's one care community from one foster families, because it's usually a permanent or more long-term placement there. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to build a care community for what we're thinking now, like probably three to four safe families, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. Um, depends on situational, but around there. Um, but a little bit of a bigger care community for that reason, because they're supporting more families. Um, so right now we do have a leader in place. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to out them yet. Uh, we're still kind of putting yeah, all, yeah, all that infrastructure like, in place. Yeah, but Deb is excited. I can tell. The look on her face. <laughs> and we have we have people interested. And the cool thing is we have a bunch of people who are, I would say, newer to Liberty interested and really want to plug in here, which I'm so excited about and grateful for. Um, so I know some of you probably emailed me or checked the box you're interested in this. We've got some conversations. Know that those conversations are going somewhere. You'll probably email from me in the next week or two mm-hmm. um, with some more information kind of formalizing this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but that's the direction that we're moving because I know I don't know the stats for safe families. I know for foster families, uh, foster families that are unsupported, usually 90% don't stick around for a year mm-hmm. staying, staying a foster family. Mm-hmm. It's 80 or 90%. I don't know the number is for safe families, but I can't imagine it's a ton better. And so we really want to make sure we're around, we're supporting our people as they seek to be really the hands of you to crisis families. This, this is a little off book, but like on that note, I'm curious of you guys, like we asked the Rogers this question, but like, do you have a timeline in your brains of like how long you want to keep doing safe families? Is this like an indefinite thing? Is like, what, what is the, what is kind of like your family dream as it relates to safe families and the, the dumb involvement in safe families moving forward? I think when we got married, like, well, when we were dating, this was something we really discussed was fostering. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even know safe families existed then, but yeah, this is kind of what we would like the heartbeat of our home to be. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be safe families or, I mean, maybe eventually foster care if we have more bandwidth or yeah. if it um, ends up being, I don't know, like adults who need somewhere to stay. I, I, mm-hmm. I think we both that sort of hospitality for us is what we feel called to. Um, you yeah, mentioned a live household. That's where we kind of like yeah. chaos and <laughs> not getting too stale. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the more connected you are with people who are experiencing real hardship, real poverty, real um, challenging situations, hmm. For me personally, if if I'm not really involved closely with people who are experiencing that, my I my focus is really drawn to things mm-hmm. of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be frank, like, yeah. um, and so when we can really be part of people's lives who are, are really struggling, it's good for our family. It's good for me personally um, to remember, you know what as Christians where our minds should be, where our hearts should be. So yeah. Um that's what I loved in the past working at Bethesda Mission I love. And now, you know, doing safe families has been the same thing, I would say. Just a good reminder. Yeah. And really? I think oh no, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, we have like capacity for more people at our house. We have extra bedrooms. So why not use them? Yeah. I love that. And how did you, okay, let me just ask this question. How did you guys both know that you were both passionate about that? 
Uh, and like, how do you think about passing that on? Right. Like into your, Mm -hmm. your, your girls of like, how did you know how to cultivate that in their little lives? Is it just through experience or is I'm just curious what that has looked like. Well, it all started for me when I started bringing homeless people to my parents' house. Okay. That didn't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) Parents were not a fan of me just bringing homeless people home. But I remember my parents picking up hitchhikers and, you know, like being very clear that, um, like there, my dad would always stop and talk to panhandlers or things like that. So I think I've always felt drawn to those people because I saw my parents have eyes for them too. And I think you're the same way. Your parents are really. Yeah. My mom's job. Um, she's spent a lot of time. She was worked for head start. Um, so she got good perspective there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we've had other people kind of, um, Show a good example to us. So yeah. whether it was inviting us into their house with a bunch of other people or um, kind of mm-hmm. sharing what they learned from either they, where they worked or just yeah. kind of perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think our Bible study that we went to when we were dating, the leaders there were so good at this mm-hmm. that it really inspired us to want to do the same. Just co- yeah. They just collected people. And yeah. I would love if, that could be said of us one day that mm. we just collected people around our table and like no collect, reason. Collect doesn't sound great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> collect, collect sounds like a little creepy. Okay. No, but I, you mean, you know what I mean though? Like yeah. people, there was no they reason. They drew people in. They drew people in. There you, <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to put it. You're right. They drew people in and there was no reason that those people should have all been around that table. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Except for mm. Jesus. And so. Yeah, that's good. Like a good picture of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You saw that model. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Mm. And so you're even aiming to model that for your girls, but also modeling yeah. that in front of our, our church congregation. And I think a really helpful way. And it's it's such a delicate balance, right? We we are commanded in scripture to care for the orphan and the widow and the poor and the, uh, the sojourner among us. But like, that's messy. Yeah, uh, and hard, <laughs> and I'm sure there's boundaries and there's protection of your girls and like all kinds of stuff that you have in mind there. But like that doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we're compelled. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, guys. The computer went away for a second, and everyone Anthony got worried, but we're fine. We're still on. We're still it's because we have gold here. <laughs> we do have gold here. You're right. Um. So I guess final question that we, we have for you guys today, um, and then I'll ask you for any final thoughts mm-hmm. that you have, but what are like a couple ways that our church family can be a rallying, rallying around you in prayer in this season as you continue this journey in, in safe families? I think just continuing to pray um, for our family, um, for specifically for our girls that they would continue to see this as a a joyful thing Mm -hmm. that we would see fruit in their lives as well through it um uh and just for the kids and the families that are we come in contact with you know there's so little yeah I, i think about this all the time when i'm you know holding these kiddos and trying to comfort them and put them you know get them to sleep or whatever they need um trying to, I just pray for them that what we're doing is helpful for them in 
and the mom and the dad, you know, for their lives that they can, that it would be meaningful and that they would feel the arms of Jesus around them when we're doing these things. Yeah. And then, yeah, just uh, strength and wisdom for every day. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's not always easy, but. <laughs> I definitely pray a lot to get through the next five minutes. <laughs> so. It's it drives you to more dependence if you if you're looking for that. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're in the market for that, safe uh, families is a good place to yeah. think about that. Um, Anthony, uh, do you want to pray for Absolutely. these few things for the dumbs, and then we'll wrap up our our conversation today? Yeah. Father, thank you so much uh, for the dumbs. Thank you for the way that you are working through them. Um, to love vulnerable children and also the heart you've given them to love their families as well and to seek to serve and care for them with the love of Christ. Um, Father, as they said that, as Deb said that, that she, they have a heart for this because the way they see it in the model. Thank you for the way that them and the Rogers and other families in our church are modeling this, are modeling caring for the orphan uh, and caring for the vulnerable. And let that, um, let that influence the rest of our body here at Liberty as we seek to, to do that as well. Uh, in an effort to serve and love you. Um, Father, I pray for continued wisdom. I pray for renewed strength. I pray that they can get through many instances of praying pray for the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, those moments of confirmation, uh, when they can see you at work, continue to give them plenty of them. Give them a long view. Give them um, eyes to see how much this matters. Mm-hmm. Um, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Any final thoughts, uh, Dums, for our church, our congregation, encouragement? Um, even maybe what would you say to someone that would be considering on the fence about maybe being a safe family? Um, oh, at least yeah. check it out. Like at least reach out because you don't necessarily have to jump right into hosting. As we've said, you can listen to our old podcast. There yep. are other opportunities with safe families or you could be part of the care community and just kind of observe. Yeah like silently in the background for a little while and see what it looks like. Um, yeah, even the training is um, informational and like opening your eyes to these needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think you called it the gateway drug uh, into <laughs> this. Uh, the foster. Uh, the fostering. Still the there uh, at the end, the final man into collecting people uh it sounds like island yeah. of misfit toys or something around here right? <laughs> uh oh that's so funny uh but yeah that's i, I think you that's what you said last last yeah. time in that that episode so a little uh drop uh to go listen to that if yeah. you want to hear about the uh uh the the gateway drug into <laughs> the sphere of of a family intervention caring for for vulnerable kiddos uh safe families it guys uh well, Deb and Stu, uh, thank you both so much for your time today. I know that uh, your girls in seven are probably going wild right now playing, but yes. that it makes it even more fun. Yeah. Um, I just want to remind you uh, that if you have questions about being a safe family, mm-hmm. uh, maybe if you're looking for resources that help your kiddos think about if you're going into this process, I'm sure that Deb and Stu would love to talk to you. Is that okay if people would reach out to you Absolutely. in this process? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. And, and along with that, along with that, if you have questions about safe families, foster care, how to talk to your kids, why we're doing this, all the above, or any variation of that, uh, next week we're having Cindy King on again from the Keystone Family Alliance. Clap it up um, <laughs> to answer those questions. She's so 
we have kind of a light bag of questions right now. Yeah. So we need you to please send some questions in. Um, and we'd love to talk through them and answer them on the podcast. Yeah. And I would even encourage those out there that you might not be in a situation where you're married and you have multiple kiddos. Um, if you're single or if you're part of our Liberty Seniors crew or you're, uh, you're married and don't have kids, you know, think about what your role could be in this process. And if you have questions about how we can do this intergenerationally, uh, those would be, that would be an excellent venue to do that, to send those questions about that as well. Um, Deb has a thought on that. I, I was, definitely I was just going to say shout out to the singles at Liberty because mm-hmm. um, I would say two of the people I can think of off the top of my head who have been the most um, just supportive and encouraging of our family are um, two single women who are amazing. Incredible. So, yeah. Incredible women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that shout, shout out. We have an awesome multi-generational church yeah. and uh, this task of caring for the orphan is a church task. And it's mm-hmm. not just a family task. And so thank you for sharing that. Um, any final thoughts, Anthony, from your side of the table? Uh, thank you guys again so much sure. for doing what you're doing, for being on the podcast, for being willing to come in again. And it's, we have a part two. Yeah. yeah. And this, is ha- this has been a, a dumb story update. <laughs> Uh, or dooms, as we heard at the same family lunch alert. Uh, it's been a, a dumb family update. Uh, we love you guys. We're thankful for you guys. Uh, and this has been another episode of the Liberty B-Side podcast. Make sure you send us our questions, uh, those questions for next week. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty Harrisburg.